This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. In today's episode, I talk with Tracy Nathans Kelly about her book called Slide Rules, Design, Build, and Archive Presentations in the Engineering and Technical Fields. This book is a first-rate guide for practicing engineers, scientists, and technical specialists, as well as anyone wishing to develop useful, engaging, and informative technical presentations in order to become an expert communicator. And she gave awesome interview. The value, in my opinion, in this interview just was coming from everywhere. The book itself just gives you tons of examples of slides and how to really make what could be a dry presentation much better. But she really drilled down on it throughout the interview here. And then in the Take Action Today segment at the end of the show, she just lays out a challenge with something very specific that you can do to become a better speaker and communicator. And I really enjoyed it. So before we get into the interview with Tracy, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. They are helping tomorrow's leaders achieve licensure exam success. Just be sure to listen up at the end of this podcast to hear my advice on a super practical way you can advance in your career. Thanks to PPI, I also have an exclusive 20% discount available only to listeners of this podcast. So stay tuned for that as well. Also, you may have heard of our online community for engineers called the Engineering Mastermind. Well, get ready for something way better. During Engineers Week 2018, which is in mid-February, in a few weeks, we are launching a completely upgraded version of our community, which will be known as the Engineering Management Mastermind. Our private forum will have a completely new user interface, making it easier to find discussions related to the professional development guidance you need. And we are going to do monthly learning sessions in the form of webinars on engineering management topics that will give you PDHs or professional development hours. Here's why I'm telling you about this now, because, of course, with all these upgrades, the price of the community will be going up. But of course, so is the value. But you can avoid that price hike by joining now at engineeringmanagementmastermind.com. Our PDH sessions, as well as the new pricing, begins on February 26, 2018. But if you join before then, your rate will never go up. So come join us at engineeringmanagementmastermind.com. All right, now I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my guest for today, Tracy Nathans Kelly, just so you get to know about her before we dive in here. Tracy currently teaches engineering communication at Cornell University. She, along with her project partner, Christine Nicomento, have over two decades combined experience training, practicing engineers and students alike. They have contracted with organizations as diverse as Boeing and 3M, and they have trained employees from firms as diverse as Google, GE, Harley-Davidson, John Deere, Sirius, Ocean Spray, Avon, the U.S. Department of Defense, and all branches of the U.S. military. And of course, Christine is also her co-author of the book Slide Rules. Today, Tracy Nathans Kelly is here because she's going to chat about how you can really retool your presentations for your engineering endeavors. Now, I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the main segment. The quote is from John McTiernan. The entertainment is in the presentation. 
Now I'd like to welcome on to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, Tracy Nathans-Kelly. Tracy is the co-author of the book Slide Rules, Design, Build, and Archive Presentations in the Engineering and Technical Fields. She co-authored the book with Christine Nicometto, and Tracy's definitely a special guest for me because her book is part of the IEEE PCS Professional Engineering Communication Series for IEEE Wiley. She edited my book, which is part of that series as well, which is how we met. And so we've kind of go back to my book. So Tracy, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Thanks for having me around. I should say that you made my book a thousand times better, not just that you edited it. So <laughs> thank you for that. It was a great book to work on, right? I use a lot of that information with the people that I work with. So you helped me as well. So Tracy, I gave the listeners a little bit of an intro, but tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words and how you came about working with engineers on their communication skills and presentation skills. I get asked this question a lot. I had kind of a twisty turning career path that started over in English of all places. And through a few wonderful opportunities that I had, I ended up in scientific and technical communication, teaching at, at University of Minnesota. Then I specialized into engineering communication, and I've been doing that now for 20-some-odd years. And uh, I know that it's something that, of course, speaking as an engineer, something that we struggle with often just because there, we don't get a lot of training on it, which isn't necessarily anyone's fault. We have to obviously be trained on a lot of technical topics. So when push comes to shove, some of these other type of skill sets get left out of the mix, which is, I think, the reason that we both wrote our books for that reason. So let's talk about the book in general or what made you write this specific book. I mean, you work with engineering professionals and technical professionals and all different aspects of communication, but something brought you to focus on presentations specifically. What was that? Exactly. Well, when I was still at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, in their College of Engineering, I was teaching undergrads. I had a heavy teaching load there, and so did my co-author, Christine Nicometto. And we were seeing, you know, the typical engineering presentations for our courses, and we'd be invited into other more specialized engineering courses, and they all were exactly the same. A really smart student or a team of students would get up and they would read their slides. So there'd be a little sentence or a phrase at the top and a whole bunch of bullets, and the room would be dark, and they would turn around and they'd put up their slides and they would read those slides to us. And it was infuriating and heartbreaking at the same time, because here were people that had invested so many hours, so much work, and the delivery mechanism for what they had learned, what they had invented, some of their things went on to be patented, wonderful items. It was completely diminished by the delivery of the presentation itself, which it was a sad thing actually to see. And then it became very hard to grade we're talking 200 talks a semester. And so we would see this over and over again. And it took everything in our power to stay awake, quite frankly, which, again, very sad. There was important things happening, a lot of knowledge being shared. And we just thought there has to be a better way. And so we started to look around and look at what was happening. There's a lot of books out there for how to do marketing and business presentations a lot better. So Nancy Duarte has Slideology and there's Presentation Zen. Those have a real business and marketing aspect to them. Didn't quite work for engineering, right? So we had to find this middle ground. And so that's how our book came about. 
all of the examples, we have lots of color examples in the book that show how to tailor your slides specifically so that your audience, one, doesn't fall asleep, but two, really does get your point. We focus a lot on the slides because if you can get your slides to do a better job for you, you yourself become a better speaker. So it's a win-win in that regard. I'm actually holding Tracy's book right now and looking through it and it's exactly what she said is there's tons of examples of slides. It's very colorful throughout the book. And I agree with you hundred percent. The slides say so much about the presentation and oftentimes engineers and technical professionals just, again, weren't trained in these types of things. So the slides aren't very <laughs> eye-catching or they don't grab people and then they can't necessarily present alongside of it. So it's pretty tricky. And I'm a big believer in the idea of the 80-20 rule, like focusing on these things that'll drive a lot of growth for you in your career, because let's be honest, everyone's got limited time to focus on their career development. And I think I always tell engineers that working on your presentation skills and the way you deliver presentations is like a huge, like when it comes to development, that's like the low hanging fruit, because if you improve that, that's usually the scenarios where you're in front of a lot of people, where you're communicating big ideas where someone in your firm might see you or a client might see you and say, wow, this guy or gal is really sharp. I love their presentation. I want to work with them. So it's definitely one of these areas that if you want to improve yourself and develop yourself as a technical professional, this is one area where you can definitely differentiate yourself just because most people haven't been trained in this field because we're so focused in the technical field. So that being said, Tracy, there is always this talk about the poor state of presentations in general, like in all fields. And I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about some of the particular challenges that engineers and technical professionals might face with their presentations at work. So I think referring back to something we touched on a few minutes ago, engineering, people in STEM of any sort don't get a lot of practice with this kind of work because they're often tracked early. We're talking junior high. So you go over here and do math and science and you don't need to worry about the rest of this stuff. And I was in a, a very large study and this played out where they were just like, well, we don't have the opportunities because we're over here doing science and math and we're told the rest of it doesn't matter. There couldn't be anything farther from the truth. And Christine and I have a really great opportunity where we've worked for over a decade with practicing engineers. So while we teach undergrad and grad students, through the master's program we work with, these are practicing engineers who are coming back for their master's in engineering management and engine systems and sustainable energy and all kinds of things. And so we see the state of presentations out there in the companies. What you said about presentations being the low-hanging fruit, if you want something to change in your career quickly, we're talking a day or two of refining your methodology. And if you do it well, it can turn around instantaneously. I can't tell you how many of our practicing engineers have come back using the techniques that we forward and they have said, so I gave a talk yesterday at uh, my, you know, section division meeting and my boss just told me that was the presentation of my career. Or, you know, I gave this talk two days ago and I just went up two levels of rank within my organization. And one guy, he called us up and he said, thanks a lot, you two. Like, what happened? Are you okay? What's going on? And he goes, well, my talk was so good. Now I have to go on the road and teach everybody across the country. They had campuses all over, you know, for this company. Because I have to go train everybody how to do what I did. He's like, I don't want to travel that much. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, well, you're just going to have to deal with it. It happens so quickly. 
the methodologies that we talk about in the book, which we'll get to in a little bit. But it's really hard to give engineering talks because you have to convey complicated ideas, right? To sometimes to audiences that are welcoming and sometimes they're hesitant or even hostile to ideas that you might be presenting. We know that you have to get across intricate details. You have your bosses or your team members to impress or a client to impress, things like this. There are other teams that you're answerable to that you need to get information to. And of course, everybody's pressed for time. And so all of those things coming together, it makes a talk for any engineering endeavor very difficult and nerve wracking for most folks. So what we find is that people rush through it. They don't schedule in time to create their engineering communication. So it should be part of the workflow that people put together for themselves, their schedules. So we advise that you give yourself the time to make this do what it needs to do. It can't be slapdashery. And so what usually happens is people don't give themselves time. And I've been guilty of that too. (laughs) (laughs) So they put together something very quickly. And usually it's just the words that are coming out of their head. And so we see these slides with a lot of text and a lot of bullets because that's what the template offers. And it becomes very dense and very compact. For me, I always say, and sometimes Christine disagrees with me on this, I think that that idea of having all the ideas on the slide in writing is a very generous one. It's misguided, but it's a generous idea. Everybody wants to share their information. They want to move the project forward, so on and so forth. But if your slides are full of words and are very busy or too complex, you're going to put everybody to sleep. And that's when people pull out their phones during the meeting, they disengage. And that's the worst thing that you can have happen. So you want to come at it with different simplified and streamlined techniques while keeping all of the details in there at the same time. And I know that you and I are going to talk about that in just a few minutes. So I agree with Tracy here in that maybe you're not going to be listening to this podcast or implement a couple things and you physically become like transform your ability to speak. That might take a little more time. But if you just make some changes to your actual physical presentation, like the slide, the slides, how they look, maybe the flow of the presentation, that alone, number one, is going to be much more impressive. And the presentation overall will come off as more impressive. But then also, and Tracy alluded to this earlier on, the slides themselves, you'll find that it's easier for you to speak with slides that are just laid out better. Just want the talk and the slides go hand in hand. So it just can make it a lot easier. So I don't want you to think like, it's going to take me a very long time to become a better speaker. It may take you time for some of the speaking components, learning about some of those different techniques, which is also all still doable. But the actual slides, I agree with Tracy, can be a very, very quick impact and quick change. And the other thing too, Tracy, is that I deal with a lot of engineers, of course, and it's funny, a lot of times they say to me, like, I became an engineer because I didn't like writing or speaking. I always laugh at them because I know from my own engineering career that those are some of the most important aspects of it. So maybe for those out there that aren't familiar with that yet, maybe you could talk a little bit about how presentations are a key part of the engineering work. You bet. From the practicing engineers that Christine and I have worked with, we started taking stats. So before we gave any lessons, first day that we're all together, we had a little survey. And interestingly enough, what we found is over 80% of those practicing engineers, these are from all fields combined together, over 80% of those engineers gave between one and five presentations a month. 
some would give as three presentations a week. We only had one fellow who had never, ever given a presentation at work. And he was actually a machine engineer on a ferry. You know, he was interested in what we were doing, but he didn't have a lot of chance to really deploy the techniques we were talking about. And he goes, but I plan on moving up in management, so I'm going to keep this in mind. It is a game changer. You will be in front of people. And that's what I was talking about earlier. You get tracked. You don't have to worry about doing these other things. Like you said, Anthony, that couldn't be farther from the truth. You're in front of people constantly. You're on teams constantly. You're answerable up and down the ladder. So the skills are really quite important. Well, I was just going to say, in addition to what you're saying, I think also whether you read Tracy's book or you just listen to some of the stuff that we're talking about, about slides and slide prep and presentation prep, there might be some opportunities for you in your career right now to actually make presentations that you're not making right now. So in other words, if you have a monthly manager's meeting where you typically have to present and you just kind of run off some points on a piece of paper, instead, there may be an opportunity for you to do it through slides and again, change the game for yourself, change the way everyone looks at you, change the way the meeting flows and what comes out of the meeting. So that's also something to think about, even if you're not someone that right now is doing regular presentations. I think that there's always ways that you may be able to do it. Or what I always tell people is if you want to become an expert, and we have several episodes on this, you're going to need to speak on your topic and you're going to want to give maybe lunch seminars in your firm and things like that. So just because you're not speaking now doesn't mean that you won't be or that you can't be right now. I, like You probably should be in some way, shape or form. Exactly. And one of the places that we, when we really encourage engineers to take on something new, like you're encouraging here, is they're very hesitant. Like, well, nobody else does anything different here. They all use text and they all use bullets. And that's how we do it here. And that's probably because it's a default move, right? They pull up the company slide deck, if it's got a company template, and they start filling in because, well, look, there's a bullet there. I should probably fill that in. And it's just a default move. And they're afraid to openly challenge the communication structures within the company. You aren't. What you're doing is saying, I have a slightly different way of getting this information to you during the talk itself. And then people will also start to get nervous and they'll say, well, they have to have all the details. So all the details have to be on the slides. And that is not true. The meeting is usually to say to everybody, we have this part of the project done, or we have this set of components finished up, or we have these statistics to give you. Nobody during that meeting memorizes those numbers or components or parts. They might scribble down an action item. But what they do is they'll, they'll say, can you send your slides to me? Can you send me your notes? Can I, is it in the content management system? Can I pull it down off the web? So that's when this really starts to get juicy because your slides can be beautiful and helpful during the talk while retaining all of their functionality as technical document, if you will, within your organization. You do that using notes, which we'll drill down into in a few minutes, but that's, you don't have to lose functionality of your slide deck in order to make the live talk a better thing for your audience in the room. I wanna bring something up. If you bring people into a room, let's say for a meeting that's supposed to last an hour and you're supposed to give a talk or an update, and what I want you to do is think about what is the cost of that meeting? So generalize, figure out how much it costs to get each of those people into that room. Give them a nice salary, right? Break it down to the hourly cost, whatever that is. 
Think about if you're bringing in anybody through web conference, how much is it to bring them in? Did you fly anybody in for a meeting? Put a dollar sign above everybody's head. And if you're going to give a talk where you're going to put up a bunch of slides and you're going to turn around and read them, you're wasting everybody's time in that room. It is not a good return on investment. You have experts in the room. You've got to use that. So you need to make room. You need to make opportunity for that expertise to be shared both by you and by the other people in that room. Reading off bullets is not a good ROI. Great point. Definitely trying to, you want engagement and you want to engage the people. That's interesting. So along those lines, Tracy, being that you're an expert in the field, you wrote this book. It sounds like you've done a lot of research, of course, on different presentations. What would you say makes a talk professional, more or less? Sometimes it's easier to talk about what isn't professional because then you can say, oh, yeah, I never want to do that again. It's a, you know, makeover, if you will, or if we do or don't. It's sometimes it's easier to say what's not professional. And like I was just saying, one of the hallmarks of less than professional behavior is just reading off of your slide. It puts everybody to sleep. It also gives off the vibe that you are unsure or that you're really not prepped for that meeting. If you have too much text on the slide, you will feel like reading it. You will want to turn your body around and put your back to your audience, whether it's two people, three people, or 300 people. If you see all that text on the slide, you'll want to turn around and read it. It's instinctual. Don't do that. The third complaint we get from engineering professionals is if talks are poorly organized. So again, that's a hallmark of not being prepared, of not having respect for the people who've given up their time to be in that room with you. And it really does not make anybody happy at all. Having the wrong set of information for the set of folks in front of you, if you've got a level misfire of some sort, that is also a hallmark of just not knowing what you're doing. And then something that comes across, I think, because people are nervous, probably, they don't want their voice to waver, or they're just unsure of how to handle voice in front of people as if they're monotone. I always think of Ben Stein in Ferris Bueller's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? He gives that great lecture in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's the key component of the monotone voice, right? So we don't want to be that teacher in Ferris Bueller because it, it shows that there's no passion there. I saw a fellow give a great talk on this part of a spark plug, and he was so excited about what he had found out. And he was going to be able to save 20 cents. I still remember this, right? It's like seven years later, 20 cents per spark plug if they were going to do this and that and the other thing. And he was on fire. And probably before I had walked into that talk, I couldn't have cared less. But he made everybody in that room care. We all had questions. We were all bright eyed and bushy tailed because he was all in. And it was a great talk. So we're going to avoid those things. I actually heard a spot on the radio today and it was just about some like mundane topic, but the guy was like so interesting and his voice was so like drew me to the ad that I ended up listening to this whole ad. And then at the end, I'm like, I have no interest in the ad. The guy was just passionate and excited about it, that it got me engaged with it. So speaks kind of exactly what you're saying there. So let me ask you this kind of playing like devil's advocate role. What do we need slides for when we're talking about engineering work? I mean, why can't we just talk about it? What did we do before slides? And quite frankly, people had old timey slides. I can't tell you how many times people have given me, remember those old reels of the old slides you took with cameras? Like, look, here's our old stuff. Isn't this hysterical? 
It was basically the same gesture. So they used to have that quite a bit in some of these older practices. In engineering work, what we found is slides are really kind of a default move now. If you have to report out, it's part of the technical documentation workflow now. They're expected part of documentation. Even in large organizations where they have you know, FDA extensive reports or Department of Energy extensive reports that go with them, the slides are expected to travel with those reports as well as almost like secondary material. So because those expectations sit there and we know that that's true, then let's use them. Let's use them well. So they have to be organized and they have to empower the speaker to be the expert in the room. So what we find so often is that people kind of deflect to their slides, right? So there's a big glowy thing in the room and the people stand off to the side and it's kind of dark where they're standing and they do a voiceover for their slides. That's not what we want. What we want is more like the slide to work as a jumbotron. So if you've been to a concert, right, there's a jumbotron behind your superstar and it projects background. They never put, this is my analogy I use all the time, they never put the lyrics to their songs on the Jumbotron because that would be dumb. They put other things up there, things that show the audience or the mood or, you know, they have to induce mood, if you will. You have to bring forth other things, technical drawings, stats, charts, whatever. But you need that slide to be more like a Jumbotron and you need to be in the center, the center of attention. So you use your slides to help them to visualize. And sometimes that means having a big black slide up there, nothing on it, because you need people to listen to you and not be messing around with their eyes on the slide. The other three big things, and these are the techniques that Christine and I talk about extensively in the book. We have found them to work miracles. <laughs> <laughs> three things, and it's pretty simple. At the top, where you usually put your heading, you need a short sentence up there. So instead of saying results, you would say instead, we had two primary outcomes. By doing sentence headers, we now know what to expect. It's a little mini summary. So full sentence at the top, but keep them short. Any longer than two lines, you start to run into the same problem with too many words. The second thing, high visuals. And yes, equations can be visuals. Some of the most beautiful visuals I've seen are, are lovely equations done largely. They can be your charts, your stats, your CAD drawings, your things under microscopes, pictures of things you've blown up, whatever it might be. Sometimes it's nothing, which is also a visual form. It allows for thought and expansiveness and a reflective moment if that's what the team needs. And then to all the people who are worried, they're like, well, I've got to put all my bullets in there and have all the information. What we recommend is that you copy and cut all those bullets and put them in the notes pane. Keynote has it, PowerPoint has it, the notes pane. Prezi does not have a good version of this, but most engineering firms don't use Prezi. And Adobe Spark has a form of this. You kind of have to play around with it. So we're mostly talking about PowerPoint and Keynote because that's what most organizations use. So sentence headers, good visuals or no visuals, and notes stripped out of your live slides, but put into the notes so that they travel with your slide deck, if you will. I think what it boils down to here, a lot of it is confidence and nervousness or anxiety about like forgetting. So, I mean, that's why people want this, the words on the slides, right? Because they want to lean on that. They want to read it. If they forget something, it's there. And I agree with you, Tracy, and I've been doing this myself is put them in the notes. I usually print it out. I have it in front of me if I'm at a podium or something, if I need to refer to it. 
But what happens, of course, over time is you're going to get to know your topic better and better and better. And over time, you're not going to need them. But it's worth the nervousness that comes along with it and the extra rehearsal that's necessary because the presentation is a hundred times better and you look much more like an expert when you're explaining things and they're not listed out there on the screen. And like Tracy said, they're going to be more engaged because if you're giving them some kind of a teaser, whether it's a sentence or a visual and they want to know about it, they're looking to you for that information. And that's kind of what's going to keep them really, really engaged. So Tracy engineers, of course, prefer efficiencies in all forms. Would you say that talks are efficient? I think that the reason so many firms use presentations, whether they're more or less formal, talks of all sorts, is that it is a high efficiency moment. So even the cost of making people leave their desks and come into a room together or dial into a webinar, it's worth that cost because so much can happen so quickly. And so you have to prepare for that in a genuine way. Again, I emphasize like I did before, it has to be part of your calculated workflow, what happens during your week. Some people say that I work with that 95% of their time is spent communicating on the job, 5% for the engineering. I don't know when they eat lunch, but you know, whatever. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't, right? They eat at their desks like I do. But yeah, it is the most efficient thing if you do it correctly. But if you gather those folks together and you're just reading off your slides, and to your point of confidence just a second ago, Anthony, you don't look confident reading off that slide. And so if you pare down your notes that appear on the big glowy screen, all the better. Because if you have a lot of notes up there and all these bullets, it's just a big, giant, glowing index card. And that should be the thing you have in your hand or on your desk to remind you, you know, oh, don't forget to tell them this number or that finding. That should be, you know, it can show up in your slide too. But remember, index cards, that's what we used to do. <laughs> there was a reason that all of our talk show hosts at night still have the big index cards to help them remember all the important points that they need to say. Theirs are blue because of the cameras, right? They don't want it to reflect. You can use blue ones if it makes you feel awesome. But the idea is you, it looks really amateurish to put up a big glowing index card on the screen. Instead, if you have that sentence header and some sort of visual that's grown up and sophisticated and to the point, no silly cartoons and stuff, then you can face your audience and you can talk about your topic. And if you happen to miss an item, there's always that thing that you can do. Oh, by the way, I also wanted to say, and you sound human and you sound, and this is important, you sound authentic, you sound like an expert, and you don't sound like a robot. All those things put together means that you're going to be approachable within your organization. People are going to come to you because you seem open to ideas rather than robotic, reading them off or nervous and unsure. And like Tracy said, there's no problem having index cards or no cards with you. I mean, I think sometimes people get a little nervous about that, but I could tell you right now, it's way better looking down at a card every so often than having everything displayed on the screen. Like Tracy said, like putting your note card basically on the screen for everyone else to see. And again, it's going to keep the attention focused on you, which gives you the opportunity to have an impact with the audience. And as far as efficiency goes, I agree with you hundred percent. I actually read the book not too long ago, High Output Management by Andrew Grove, who was one of the founders of Intel. And he talks a lot about high productivity management and the different things to do. And one of the things that he always said was that even as the CEO of Intel, he would make it a point to 
appear at the trainings where there was like hundreds of employees and he would take a lot of time to prepare some content for those sessions because he knew he was able to impact so many people at one time. And for someone in his position, he obviously wasn't going to be able to talk to a lot of people one-on-one. He was just so adamant about doing that for a long time in his career because he knew the impact it could have overall throughout the company. So definitely take advantage of these meetings where you kind of presenting in front of multiple people or large groups of people. It really can help you to be more efficient. And especially as you grow as an engineering professional and kind of move up into the higher levels of management. So Tracy, with that being said, where would you say slides fall down in in purpose? The moments are when the audience disconnects. And I jokingly mentioned earlier, this is where people start to pull out their phone. That's it. I was just talking to somebody a few weeks ago who, in the middle of their talk, and it was a huge like launch project and all this stuff. Two people got up and just left. It was amazing. you know. And he was like, what was going on with this other person giving this talk that they just left? And it was just a boring talk. They're like, I don't have time for this. And just left. On the other hand, you can turn a moment around that nobody expects you to turn around. I'm going to give a quick example here. Somebody that we were working with, he's a mid-level engineer, sometimes project manager in a very large machine company, which we would all recognize the name of immediately. And they have these twice yearly tech seminars where they all gather from all their different workstations all around the, the country. And they all come to one city and they have three days of technical training. So we're talking like 50 presentations to get everybody up to speed on all the new things happening within the company. It sounds deadly to me, right? (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. And so our poor colleague, he had to present his team's bits, which were pretty darn important. They had to do with safety in these large machines on the third day, the last day, right after lunch. He's like, oh my gosh. This is going to be terrible. No matter what I do, it's going to be terrible. But he followed the advice that we had and he had just, he used the company template, no big deal. They had short sentence headers and he had visuals that were important. And he was able to turn his body around, face the audience and interact with them authentically, genuinely, more like having a conversation with them because he was not beholden to the slide, right? He wasn't reading every word, every bullet. He said when he walked in, there was actually four people out of about, you know, 28, he said, or so. He said four people were full on sleeping, forehead on the table, sleeping. And he said, so I just gave my talk. And he goes, Tracy, gosh darn it, about 10 minutes in, everybody was awake. And by the time I got done, everybody was engaged. We had, we took an extra 20 minutes because everybody was in, they were asking questions, they were bouncing ideas off of each other. He said, I didn't think I could turn that moment around and it totally worked. And so while Christine and I focus a lot on the structure of the slides, the reason we do that is because if you do the sentence header, high visuals, get those bullets off into the notes pane, it releases you, right? You're free and you can speak to your expertise. And it makes all the difference in the world. With all that being said, can you give us some strategies for retooling slides so that they do serve engineering work better? First thing we always encourage people to do with those sentence headers is take apart those one word or just those little labels. The headers are at the top, but we want them to work more like even a newspaper heading. 
right? So you have the complete idea in abbreviated form. So it's a summary. And then that provides a clarity, if you will, for your audience. So if you just put the word results up there, subconsciously, there's a lot of questions that start to bubble up in your audience. Results. Results about what? Was I in that test? Are these results important to me? Do they affect my workflow? Oh my gosh, is this going to change my due date? Da, 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 right? Because they don't know the results of what, for what reason, right? If they've lost track at all, it's a goner. So if you put, there are two primary results we need to pay attention to. And everybody's like, okay, one, two, here we go. It helps them to organize and to sort. And so having that full idea, the assertion, and I would say, do not use questions up there unless you want people to answer. I have a sentence. Use a period at the end. You can leave the periods out if it makes you more comfortable, if you like the more spare look. But a complete idea up there. Subject, verb, object. Again, clarity, a completeness of thought. You got this is what you're saying. And then in some other way, you fill in the details in a visual way. So even if you have a timeline, instead of doing bullets, make a real timeline. In PowerPoint, you go insert shape and you choose the arrow and you make a timeline. Or you can use smart art or pop in a bunch of circles. If you go online, you will find lots of very visualized, even preformed templates for you to use. And what that does, so let's say you have uh, four things that you need people to pay attention to in the coming fiscal year. Instead of having four bullets, you make a quad out of it. You make a square, one, two, three, four little sub-squares inside of it. Maybe each one's a different color. It doesn't matter. And inside each one of those is whatever these four goals are. What people will remember, what will imprint is that there were four. And if they need to come back to you and say, now, what were those things you were talking about? At least they'll be able to say there were four things. What were they again? Because the visual will imprint on them. Four bullets will not imprint. So whatever that is, right, can be very, very simple, very clean. Again, so much of engineering is about efficiencies and elegance, innovation. And so many folks are concerned or worried about applying those kinds of efficiencies and elegant solution sets to their communication efforts. They shouldn't be, right? Use those same kinds of strategies where your communication work is everywhere else. I love that title strategy there because I agree with you. Like, again, we're in this, we live in the world where like people have very short spans of attention for, because they get hit with so many things throughout the day. And I think even like within your presentation, you know, drawing them into each point like that. And then again, shifting the focus back to you as the speaker so that you can make an impact on that point is great because that's how people have been almost groomed to take in content today, right? You go to a website, like you said, a news headline. That's how you decide what you want to read when you go to Google or you go wherever and you're scanning like the articles or the news. You say, oh, I want that one and you go to it. So I really love applying that to the, within your presentation because it, it can keep them going along the whole way, which is what you want to do. Like Tracy said, you don't want the phones coming out of their pockets. You want them engaged from the time you start to the time you ask if there's questions or you present something at the end or your final call to action at the end. So with that being said, I'm going to ask Tracy to stick around for a minute. And what we're going to do is we just gave you a lot of information about, of course, working on your slides, why presentations are important, how they're the low hanging fruit. And so you have kind of all of that to think about right now. So what we're going to try to do here in the end segment, like we always do, is distill it down into a couple of action items that you can take and start to use immediately in your career. 
Now it's time for our take action segment of the show. And in this segment, what I always try to do is wrap up this episode into something that you can do. And in this episode, Tracy is sticking with me here for the take action today segment. And we're going to give you a challenge with regards to your presentations. However, before we do that, I'd like to again recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. One of the biggest pieces of advice I can provide to engineers is to get your professional license as early as possible. It's a practical way to advance your career, earn more money, and set yourself apart. To learn more about the exams, including invaluable exam tips, check out PPI's resource centers for the FE and PE exams. It's a one-stop hub for all the information you need to register, prepare for, and ultimately pass your exam. Visit ppitopass.com forward slash resources to learn more. Again, that's PPI, the number two pass.com forward slash resources. And if you need exam prep materials, use promo code tech eight on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code T E C C stands for the engineering career coach and the number eight T E C C eight. All right, I'm back with Tracy Nathans Kelly, who co-authored the book Slide Rules, Design, Build, and Archive Presentations in the Engineering and Technical Fields. She co-authored the book with Christine Nicometto. It's an IEEE Press book. And we talked a lot earlier on in this episode about improving your presentations. But what I want to do is leave you with this take, some kind of way to take action. And what my challenge is, and, and Tracy's going to help me out here with this, is First of all, if you're already doing presentations on a regular basis and based on some of the statistics that Tracy shared with us, you probably are. But I know we also have a lot of younger professionals who listen that might not be there yet. So what I want to do is say to you, if you're doing presentations, then I hope that you can take some of this information, apply it immediately and improve your presentations. And if you're not doing presentations, I want you to, in the next month, somehow figure out a way to do a presentation, give a presentation. It could be at work. It could be in one of your professional societies. It could be a technical component that you worked on and you want to share it with everyone else in your firm for a brown bag lunch. Do whatever you have to do to put yourself in a position to present so that you can practice some of these strategies. Because like we talked about, it's the low-hanging fruit. Tracy? And taking that advice, if you're going to do one of these talks, no matter where it is, my challenge is think about recentering yourself. Get the talk away from it being all about the big glowy slide that's so entertaining to look at and get those people in the room to focus back on you. You're the technical expert in the room and we want the attention to be on you, not what's going on on the slide. All right, Tracy, Nathans, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Again, the book is Slide Rules, Design, Build, and Archive Presentations in the Engineering and Technical Fields. It's available on Amazon in all e-formats. You can get it there. It's really well written. It's got a lot of colorful images of slides that can really help you to improve your presentations. And I think like we both stressed, remember that your presentations are that low-hanging fruit, your ability to speak and wow people, and create impact and value for your clients, customers, supervisors, is something that can catapult your career. Because it's just opportunity. It's leverage, like we talked about. You're, you could be in front of a lot of people, and people will absolutely remember that. So Tracy, thanks again for spending some time with us. Anytime. 
Before we sign off, I just wanted to remind you of the big news about our online community, the Engineering Mastermind. It's a private forum that as of February 26, 2018, will be transformed with a new name, the Engineering Management Mastermind, a new forum interface, which will be more functional and user-friendly, and a new benefit, a big benefit of monthly PDH learning sessions online. And of course, a new URL, which is engineeringmanagementmastermind.com. It will also have a new higher price, but you can avoid paying the higher price if you join our current forum before 22618. You will lock in our current member rate for as long as you remain a member. So check it out today at engineeringmanagementmastermind.com. I hope you enjoyed the episode today as much as I did. Tracy's great, and I think she gave us a lot of really powerful strategies around improving technical presentations. I'd absolutely love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash slide rules. No spaces, all lowercase slide rules. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.